0: 1 Chronicles chapter number ten, and verse number verse number one, the Bible said, "Now the Philistines fought against Israel, and the men of Israel fled from before the Philistines, and fell down slain in Mount Geboa. And the Philistines followed hard after Saul, and after the sons and the Philistine and his sons, and the Philistines slew Jonathan and Abinadab and Malchishua the son of Saul, and the battle went sore against Saul." And the archers hit him, and he was wounded of the archers. Then said Saul to his armor-bearer, Draw thy sword and thrust me through therewith, lest these uncircumcised come and abuse me. But his armor-bearer would not, for he was sore afraid. So Saul took a sword and fell upon it. And when his armor-bearer saw that Saul was dead, he fell likewise on his sword and died. So Saul died and his three sons, and all his house died together. And when all the men of Israel that were in the valley saw that they fled and, and that Saul and his sons were dead, then they forsook their cities and fled, and the Philistines came and dwelt in them. It came to pass on the morrow when the Philistines came to strip the slain that they found Saul and his sons fallen in Mount Gibeah. And when they had stripped him, they took his head and his armor and sent him into the land of the Philistines around about to carry tidings unto their idols and to the people. And they put his armor in the house of their gods, and fastened his head in the temple of Dagon. And when all, when and and when all Jabesh Gilead heard all that the Philistines had done to Saul, they arose. Then arose, they arose, all the valiant men, and took away the body of Saul and the bodies of his son, and brought them to Jabesh and buried their bones under the oak in Jabesh and, fastened, and fasted seven days. So Saul died for his transgression, which he committed against the Lord, even against the word of the Lord, which he kept not, and also for asking counsel of one that had a familiar spirit to inquire of it. And inquired not of the Lord, therefore he slew him and turned the kingdom unto David, the son of Jesse. Heavenly Father, Lord, I do pray you'll bless the reading of thy word. Give us the liberty that we need. Speak to hearts these next few moments. And Lord, I pray that your perfect will would be done tonight. I pray that you would be glorified and we'll love you and we'll praise you and we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I want to draw your attention to verse number 13. Where the Bible says, so Saul died for his transgression. And the Bible makes it clear in chapter number 10 that Saul died because of his sin, for his transgression. I want to preach a few minutes tonight on this subject, on the wages of sin. The wages of sin. We all know Romans 6 and verse 23 that says, For the wages of sin is death. That's what this chapter is all about. There's a payday. Brother R.G. Lee, the great preacher, used to preach that message, payday someday. I think he preached it over 3,000 times. And he said there's a payday someday. And in the life of Saul, that's where we're at tonight, Saul is facing uh, hard times. He's, uh, he's facing a battle against the Philistines and his sin has caught up with him. You know, the Bible says to be sure that your sin will find you out. You cannot get by with sin. The word of God said in the book of Ezekiel, the soul that sinneth shall surely die. And sin promises death. In James chapter number one, the Bible said that when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Well, when we come to this passage of Scripture tonight, what we find here is is that every man has an appointment with death. Isn't that right? We quoted it this morning, Hebrews 9 and verse 27. It is appointed a man wants to die and after this the judgment. But here's the difference in Hebrews 9, 27 in our chapter tonight. It's one thing uh, whenever you die because it's that appointed time. But it's another thing when you die as a result of sin. 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 15 tells us that there is a sin sin unto death. I believe Saul was a saved man. Saul was a type of the flesh and we know that Saul was a type of the flesh. There's about five things. We'll not take time to discuss them tonight but there's about five things in the scriptures that I think would prove Saul to be a saved man. Uh, Saul was a type of the flesh. He followed his flesh and he lived for the flesh and he paid the penalty. The Bible said in Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 9, be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever a man's soul of that shall he also reap and the next verse says he that soweth to his flesh shall the flesh reap what? Corruption Amen. and Saul is reaping in chapter number 10 because of what he has sown and I want you to see some things if you look at verse number 13 the Bible talks about Saul's sin in verse number 13 and the Bible talks about Saul's sin is death as he said that Saul died for his transgression it is declared God declared Saul's sin. It was for his transgression. There is no doubt that the reason Saul dies in chapter 10 is because of his sin. You know, some people get out in sin and live in sin and then death comes and people say, well, uh, you know, we, we can't judge them and we can't judge people necessarily in light of our judgment, but we all judge people in light of the word of God. Amen. And the Bible says when you get out in sin that there is a sin unto death and God declared his sin. His sin is declared. His sin is death. His sin is defined. Why did God sin? Or why? What did Saul do? Look at verse number 13. Which he committed against the Lord, even against the word of the Lord. I'm going to tell you, Saul didn't sin against David. He was against David. David was his enemy, but he didn't sin against David. The Bible said he committed this sin against the Lord and against the word of the Lord. I'm going to tell you, listen, sometimes people will put their hand on others. Uh, Maybe they put it on a preacher. Maybe they put it on a deacon. Maybe they put it on a church member. And they never think about the consequences of that. That Listen, the Bible said, touch not mine anointed, neither do thy prophet any harm. And this is a sin unto death. And his sin is declared and it's defined. He committed against the Lord. It's described even against the varying word of God. You might be here tonight and say, well now preacher, I'm not really getting out and doing all the bad things that Saul didn't know. But let me tell you tonight, disobedience in the eyes of God is just as serious as any other sin. Isn't that right? I mean, listen, drinking is a sin. We know all those sins are disobedience, but what did Saul do? Saul just simply did not do what God told him to. He disobeyed the word of God, and it brought death in his life. And then it's detailed. Look what God said in verse number 13. Which he kept not, and also for asking counsel of one that had a familiar spirit to inquire of it. Do you notice in verse 13 and also in verse 14, we'll not read that verse tonight, but God brings up everything that Saul did against him. The Bible said in Matthew chapter number 12 and verse 36, that every idle word that man shall speak he shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. You see, tonight, you and I will give an account for the things that we have done, for the life that we have lived. And what I want you to notice tonight here, I want you to see the wages of sin in Saul's life. Because before Saul dies, I want you to notice, and as he even dies, I want you to notice how that sin had an effect on Saul's life in the last chapter of his life. You see, tonight, you may get out there and live out in sin. May be doing something tonight that you're not supposed to. You know what the flesh will say sometimes? Well, you're not going to do this forever. You're just going to do this for a little while. Or you're just going to do this this one time. And after you do it this one time, uh, then you're going to quit. You're going to go back and and you're never going to do that again. Or you're just going to do it for a little season. Well, let me tell you something about sin tonight. You may sin and you might even get finished with sin. But it's not a question as to whether or not when you're finished with sin, the real question is, when, when is sin going to be finished with you? Amen. You see, tonight you could get out and you could live a life of sin for a few years and you could say, well, I'm going to quit some of that sinning and I'm going to start doing right. I'm going to start shaping up. I'm going to start going to church. I'm going to turn my life around. And maybe you even do that. But the consequences of it will follow you all the days of your life. You know, I know a man tonight who's a preacher. He's preached for 40 years. He's been saved for 40 years. He's probably been preaching 35, 38 years. But when he was a young man, he got out and he he drank and he he lived a, a wicked life for about 10 years. And after 40 years of being saved and preaching the gospel, tonight he's got liver disease. And the liver disease is because of the years that he spent out in sin. You see, he was finished with sin 40 years ago. But even today, sin is not finished with him. See, the question tonight is how long your sins will find you out? You can't get by sin. How did sin affect Paul's life or Saul's life? Notice in verses one through three, it affected his battle. Amen. Saul could not win the battle in these verses here. Notice his foes. The Bible said, Now the Philistines fought against Israel. I see his foes. The Philistines are always the enemy of God. They picture the world, and Saul is out here and he's battling the world, but he cannot win this victory. You know why? Because of sin in his life. There is no victory in your life when you live in sin. Amen? You cannot win the battle. There's a lot of people they go to church and they'll get up and and they'll come to church and they'll, they'll sit under preaching week in and week out but they just can't have no victory in their life. And one of the reasons some don't have victory is because they've got things in their life that should not be there. They know what that sin is. The Holy Spirit deals with them. Sometimes the preacher preaches on it. But yet they refuse to do something about it. I'm gonna tell you what that sin will do for you. It will defeat you, is what it'll do. It'll keep you from having victory. You want to have victory? You want to live in victory? Then keep sin out of your life. I see the foes. I see their the fatalities. Listen, you know who dies in verse number one? Saul's family dies. You know what sin will do? It'll affect your family. You know what your children need tonight, mom and dad? They need you to win every battle that you can for God. You see, if you lose the battle, it affects your children. If you let sin come in your life and you think about it tonight, if a dad loses that battle, if he gives in to sin and he starts saying, you know, I'm just not going to church on Sunday night, it affects the children. Am I telling it right? If a a mother says, you know what, I'm going to start missing church on Wednesday night, guess what, it'll affect your children. Somebody said, Well, I'm going to start. I'm just not going to go to Sunday school anymore. I don't think I need Sunday school anymore. It'll have an effect on your children. Every decision that we make, you must win every battle that you can for God and you can win every battle. I think every parent ought to feel the responsibility to live a holy life, to live a godly life because you've got those children coming up and their only hope, they're not gonna find godliness in this world, amen? And can I tell you, sad to say, they're not gonna find godliness in a lot of churches, amen? And listen, while the preacher may try to preach to them, he may try to influence their life, I want you to understand tonight, nobody, has a greater influence on your children than you do God gave them to you you spend more time with them they love you more than anybody else you have their ear you can talk to them I'll tell you the greatest thing you can do for your children is be a godly example in front of them you won't be perfect you won't do everything right but you ought to be real is that right? Amen. And it affected Saul's battle. Saul gets out here in these verses, he cannot win the battle. He cannot get the victory. And we find his failure in verse number three. The Bible said that the battle went sore against Saul and the archers hit him and he was wounded of the archers. Hey, Saul is losing this battle that he could have won. You see tonight, there's a lot of people sitting in churches They're losing the battle they could win. They refuse to to get something out of their life. I don't know what the Holy Spirit may be dealing with you about or if he's dealing with you about something, but I promise you if the Holy Spirit puts something on your heart, you ought to not let one service one day. You ought to not let any time go by. You ought to deal with it. You say, why? Because you may not be fighting a battle right now, but I promise you there's a battle coming down the pipe for every one of us. We're all going to face a battle. Hey, when we fight the battle, hey, I want to know that I can win the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. It affects Saul's battle. It affected Saul's brethren. Look at verse number 4. Then said Saul to his armor bearer, draw thy sword and thrust me through therewith, lest these uncircumcised come and abuse me. But his armor bearer would not, for he was sore afraid. So Saul took a sword and fell upon it. When his armor bearer saw that Saul was dead, he fell likewise on his sword and he died. Look at verse 6. So Saul died and his three sons and all his house died together. I'm going to say it not only affected his family, but the brethren around him. When people let sin in their life, it affects them, but it affects others. Hey, tonight, you go to church with somebody and you love somebody and you create listen maybe you have a a, fellow, a a friendship with them a closeness with them that's good if you keep it on a healthy level But I'm going to be honest with you listen if that person gets out in sin a, a lot of times if you're not careful there'll be a temptation for you to follow their path but you better take a good look at the life they're they're living you better take a good look at the way that they're going and your loyalty to them should never supersede your loyalty to Christ is that right? Hey, listen, we love each other in this church. I think you ought to love the man of God. The man of God ought to love the church. But our love one toward another, it ought to be real. It ought to be rich. But it ought to never supersede our love for Jesus Christ. Amen? That means if the preacher dies, you ought to keep on serving God. Isn't that right? That means, listen, if the preacher goes sideways, you ought to just come right back in here, file back in your pew, get back up in the choir. You ought to keep on doing what you've always been doing because it never... Ever should have been about him anyway. Amen. And the man of God, if a family blows out and goes out, listen, the man of God ought to just keep on preaching. He ought to just keep on living for God because it can't be about the church. Hey, listen, too many preachers have given their life to the church rather than to Christ. And tonight, sin will affect your brethren. You young people, listen to me. You ought to live for God because every one of those young people around you tonight. They're watching you. Is that right? I appreciate our young people, don't you? But I'll say this tonight to all of our young people, several throughout here in the building tonight. Listen, if a young person comes in and they don't want to live for God, they ought to be the outcast, not you. And I don't mean we ought to shun them, but what I mean by that is I've seen a lot of good youth groups ruined because of one person, one young person that wanted to influence the other young people. You ought to have a backbone. You ought to stand up for what's right. You Listen, it's easy right now when everybody or almost everybody is wanting to serve God in the youth group, but I've seen it both ways. I've seen it when they wanted to, and I've seen it when there was just one or two that wanted to, but you've got to take that stand. You may, Listen, you may feel like you're not making a difference, but I promise you, if you quit living for God, you're going to affect others around you tonight. I see that sin affected Saul's brethren. Sin affected Saul's battle. And then look at verse number 8 down to verse number 10. Sin affected Saul's body. The Bible says in verse number 8, And it came to pass on the morrow that when the Philistines came to strip the slain, and they found Saul and his sons uh, fallen in Mount Geboa. And when they had stripped him, look what they did. They took his head and his armor and sent into the land of the Philistines. You know what I see in this in this text here? Sin affected Saul's body. We know Saul's already dead, but Saul sinned and sin had an effect on his corpse. The world wasn't done with Saul even after Saul was dead. They took his head off his body, took it down to the temple Dagon and put it on the wall as a trophy for all to see. You know what the world did? Saul was a king. You know what the world did? They humiliated him. And Can I tell you something tonight? That's what the devil wants to do. That's the wages of sin. You get out and live a sinful life, you get out and live out in sin, you know what the devil will do? Oh, he'll humiliate you. He'll he'll mock you. He'll you make fun of you. You say, but uh, preacher, I'm having a good time doing the things I'm doing. Listen, you know what the devil's main goal tonight is? It's to scar you. He don't want to just scar part of you, but he wants to scar your soul. He wants to scar your mind and he wants to scar your body tonight. I'm going to stop and say this. Thank God for people who get saved and, and you know what I think in every church, You ought to have people that get saved and there ought to be somebody in church that's got saved that has tattoos because they got saved from that life. And there ought to be people in that church that doesn't have a tattoo. Can I get an amen right there? Isn't that right? Christians don't get tattoos. Can we get an amen on that? But I'll say that not even a cross. Isn't that right? Not even a verse of scripture. I'm not running wide open, but I'm still preaching. Hey, listen, Christians don't get tattoos. And they don't mark their body. Amen. And if you're saved and you've got a tattoo, when you was lost, we're not beating up on you tonight. Thank God He's changed your life. Thank God. I'm just trying to help the ones that don't have it. Amen. Don't go out there, young people, and get you a tattoo. Uh, listen, you you don't need to mark your body as a temple. Of the Holy Ghost, which lives in you, and you're not your own. Amen. And so you say, well, I wonder if it's right. Will you go pray about it? Amen. I promise you, the Holy Ghost will never tell you to go get a tattoo. And so you keep your body clean and you keep your body pure. And you keep your body right, but can I tell you something tonight? That's what the de- look at people out there tonight. I'm not making fun of them. They're doing the only thing sinners know to do, isn't that right? And had we not got saved, that's exactly what we would be doing. We'd be just like them, wouldn't we? So I'm not cr- being critical when I make this statement. But have you ever seen somebody and you just felt sorry for the way they looked? I'm not talking about now. Listen, if you're ugly tonight because God made you ugly, there ain't nothing you can do about that. And we're all used to it, okay? And so, you know, you can't help that. That's just, I mean, that's just for the foundations of the world. That might be the scar of sin is what that might be. Amen. And uh, and the only people mad right now is ugly people, so I'm sorry. (laughs) No, but you know, you can't do nothing about it if you're naturally ugly. But you can do something about it. Tonight, sin will make you ugly. You know what sin will do? Sin will put a... Sin will put a piercing in your nose. Or your eyelid. Or your lip. Amen. I know it'll get quiet right there. So let me just come on down here and say it so I can look at every one of you. Sin, I mean, look at some people. Not being critical when I make a statement. But you look at some people, they, I mean, you look at them, you say, what are they doing? They've lost their mind. How can that even be attractive? I mean, who wants to? Who wants to listen, boys? <laughs> who wants to marry a woman with a piece of metal in her lip? So I'm telling you, I'd be scared to kiss her on my wedding day. Isn't that right? Come on now, don't y'all die on me. I mean, who wants to? Marry, I mean, but look at them today. You say, preacher, why they do that? Because they're sinners. I don't have a problem with sinners doing that. I have a problem with people going to church doing that. Am I telling it right tonight? I have a problem with people saved doing that. And it gets quiet when you preach on that because a lot of people's doing it and you can go a lot of places and it's okay, but it's not okay. Isn't that right? You said what about piercing your ears? I don't even know about that. Amen. I'm just telling you how it is. I mean, let's just tighten her down as tight as we can get her tonight. I mean, look, I'm just telling you, take care of your body. I'm just saying God gave you one body. Amen. I mean, if you've got bulges and bridges, you may not, you can do something about it. But I'm telling you, don't scar it up. Don't tattoo it up. Don't pierce it up. Is that right tonight? I'm telling you, listen, the devil wants to make a fool out of people. He wants to destroy your body. He wants to, he wants to scar your mind. He wants to fill it full of all kinds of filth and dirtiness. Hey, listen, don't be on the internet looking at wicked stuff. Is that right? You may not be on the internet looking at wicked stuff, but you can have a dirty heart. You can have bitterness. You can have anger. You can have jealousy in your heart. That's just as filthy as getting on the internet and looking at some pornography tonight. I'm talking about don't let the devil. Listen, I've met people. They, they get jealousy in their heart. It's crueler than a grave, isn't it? Talking about tonight, it'll your body. And then I will say in closing, Sin affected Saul's burial. Look at verse number 11. Verse number 12. They arose all the violent men and took away the body of Saul and the bodies of his sons and brought them to Jabesh and buried their bones. Notice this. Under the oak in Jabesh and fasted seven days. I want to ask you a question about verse number 12. Does that look like the funeral of a king? A headless body and his sons buried under a tree. Why if this would have been a normal funeral, a typical funeral of a king, why they would have had flowers, they would have had a parade, they would have had mourners, they would have had all the city, all the town would have came out, they would have brought them in, there would have been a big to-do about all of this, but they take his body out there, his lifeless, his headless body, and they put it under it, and they bury it under that. I'm gonna tell you what sin will do tonight. It will bury you. People who live in sin don't, live like, don't die like people who die in the will of God. You, mean, you say, preacher, what do you mean? I mean, I went to the hospital one night to a man that's, I believe all my heart, he's saved, he's in heaven. And about two o'clock one morning, I sat by his bedside, and he wept and he cried. He said, preacher, I'm dying. I said, I know. He wept a little bit more, and he said, it wasn't supposed to end this way. I said, I know. He said, you know, when you came and told me I should I have quit when I started missing Sunday school, he started missing Sunday school. And the Lord spoke to me one day and I said, you need to quit missing Sunday school. He said, he said you know, I kind of blew that off. And he, he's weeping. He said, I blew that off. And he said, I thought, you know, why is he on my case about Sunday school? He said, if only I'd have listened then, four years later, I wouldn't be in this bed right now. I believe he's he's a saved man. But he went home early. Why? Because of sin. Sin will put you in an early grave tonight. You get out in sin and you you dabble in sin and you do things you're not, you may think nobody is seeing it, but Proverbs 15 and verse 3 the eyes of the Lord are in every place. God sees it tonight. God sees what, He sees everything I do. He sees everything that you do tonight. You may go do something one time and say, well, no one will never know about it. God knows about it. He not only knows about it, but He has a record of it. God has a record. You know what that ought to do? I'll tell you what it does to me tonight. It puts fear in my heart. It puts fear in my heart tonight. I don't want to serve God these years, come down to the end of my life, And Brother George, I don't want to end wrong. I don't want to get out there and sin. How many of us have seen people do that tonight? You don't have to raise your hand. How many of us have seen people, preachers? Preachers are no different than people. Great preachers who have preached the gospel. They've stood for right. They've done what's right. You know, the first time I ever went to Faith Baptist Camp, it was on Thanksgiving Day. There was a man preaching that morning. I'll never forget that. First time I ever walked in the doors of the camp and he was up and he was preaching Thanksgiving morning on forget not your benefits and I'm going to tell you something he was I mean he blew it slap out the top preaching people were shouting people got saved Thanksgiving day the altar was full God not just then but God used him many many years but he got out into sin he got off some place by himself and the devil tempted him I had a friend that just walking through a convenience store one day, the devil just slipped up and said, you know what? You could, you could do that right there. Nobody would know about it. But that, you know what happened? It came to light. It came out. You can't get by tonight. What you do in the dark, God said, He'll expose it. Amen. You try, he that covereth his sin shall not prosper. You cover your sin, God will uncover it. Tonight, if you confess it and you forsake it, you know what he'll do? He'll cover it. He'll cover it in his blood. Hey, can I tell you tonight, we've all done things we don't want nobody to know. Can I get a witness on that? We've all said places, said things and, and, and done things that, that we never want to relive. We never want anybody to know anything about. And I'm going to tell you tonight, if you confess it and you forsake it, it's on blood tonight and it's forgiven And you can go on and serve God with victory. But if you continue in it tonight, it may cost you something.